Welcome back to the Voice of Hope. Today I would like to share an interview that took place a couple of weeks ago on the Voice of Hope. Uh, the guest's name was Theresa Hansen. She was healed of a brain tumor, and she tells her story of how this happened. So be encouraged as you listen to her story. story. I know it's not always easy uh, to tell our, tell your story. I want to tell you a little bit about Teresa. Uh, she sings with her family. They're called the Hanson family. And uh, I listen to them. They're out of Oregon. Uh, every Tuesday, they have a show called Live at Five. And I've been listening to her for some time. And about two weeks ago, actually today, she made a post on uh, the Handsome Family site and told about her story. And I was like, oh, my goodness. I have got to contact her. I want her to tell all of you guys. It was It's so inspiring. So um, I want you to hear what God healed her from. It's just a remarkable story. So I called her, and she agreed to share it. So thank you so much for doing that. And I'd like to welcome Matthew. Uh, Daryl, uh, Peter Love, thank you all for joining, and uh, everyone else, if I missed your name, thank you for joining, and share this out someone, so someone else can be inspired and uh, from hearing uh, Theresa's story. So, Theresa, how did you first find out something was going on with your uh, body? I was having terrible... Well, I guess they started out pretty minor at first. Um, headaches. And this was back when I was 16 in 2008. And I think I, it's hard for me to pinpoint exactly when the headaches started. But I know it was at least probably about six months to a year before um, September when things kind of really came to a head. And... Um, do you want me to just launch into my story, Andrea? Yeah, or? yeah, yeah. Just like go ahead. Go okay. for it. Go for it. All right. So first of all, thank you so much for having me. This is really a privilege. And I have only shared this story once publicly, actually. And so this is kind of my second time. And I um, am really looking forward to it. You know, it's always a good opportunity for me to reflect on the life that God's given me and the good health, and so I appreciate that. Uh, yeah, so back in 2008, um, I was having these headaches, and um, I think, um, yeah, I think it was about a week before September 10th, kind of in the week before, they started really increasing in pain and, um, and how long they, they were bothering me and um, uh, we were going camping and doing all kinds of things and I was I would just get to a point where I was just holding my head and just like moaning because it hurt so bad and um, then on September 10th in 2008 um, 
things kind of kind of started getting worse in a way. And my family was at choir practice, and I was here with my sister Lisa at home because I hadn't been feeling very good, and I had a headache. And so um, they weren't gone for long when I, I started going numb on my left side. And um, I went out to where my sister was. She was chopping wood, actually, in the backyard. And I was like, something's not right. I, I feel like I'm going numb. And my vision was kind of weird. And um, I had laid down and taken a short nap because I thought that might help. Um, but it didn't really. And so she called my, my family and said, something's not right. Teresa's going numb. And so they came rushing home. And um, by then, I had gotten better and I wasn't feeling numb anymore and weird. But um, so the next morning, my mom took me into the emergency room to ask for an MRI. And uh, the doctor we talked to was like, well... There's all different kinds of reasons you could be having a headache, you know. Even just getting dehydrated can cause a headache and all these things. And um, so she was kind of like, we can't just do an MRI here. Um, but we, we'll do a CAT scan and just, you know, see if there's anything to see. And so they did a CAT scan, and within... Within minutes, they had me in for an MRI because they could see from the CAT scan that there was a ton of pressure on my brain because the ventricles that the fluid drains through were huge. They were blown up so huge, and that's what was causing the headaches. And um, they were all huge because of a brain tumor that was right in the center of my brain. And... Um, that was blocking off the ventricles and causing the fluid to build up and that thus the headaches. And so I went into the MRI and they got a better scan. And um, anyway, it was, it was very shocking to us. And um, we spent that whole day and night in the hospital getting different opinions from different doctors. And one doctor thought we should do a shunt surgery right away. He said, I'm really surprised you're in the shape that you are. And you're not way worse. Like, you're still functioning. Um, but those ventricles are so big that that surprises me. And he thought that, that we needed to act on this quickly. He said, you could have a few hours before you have serious brain damage. Or you could have days. We don't know. Um, so anyway, they had also decided that the tumor was inoperable because it was right in the center of the brain. Um, so that, that would be kind of too dangerous to operate on. Um, so anyway, we spent, spent that day and a night just praying and family came into the hospital. My sister from Vancouver, Washington came down, and during this time, I felt great. I didn't have any headaches or anything, so I was up playing cards, went for a walk, all kinds of stuff, and um, it was really special having a bunch of my family there. I'm the sixth of seven kids in my family, so lots of, lots of people, <laughs> yep. So we had nieces and nephews in the room, and 
anyway, it, it was a special time despite what was going on. And um, by the evening of the 12th, we had decided to get the surgery done for the shunt. And um, they tried to locate the doctor that was supposed to do the surgery, and he could not be found. He had left work, and um, it was only like 4 or 5 in the afternoon. So that's kind of strange that they couldn't get a hold of him. So we just basically decided to go home since we were just sitting there in the hospital, couldn't really do anything, and it's hard to take care of yourself when you're in the hospital, too. And so we went home, and that night I slept in the living room um, on a mattress, and Mom and Dad also slept out there just to keep an eye on me. And um, the next morning I woke up. It was Saturday, so this is... Um, this is now the 13th of September, and um, I woke up with all the symptoms that the doctor had said I would have if I only had maybe a couple hours to live or before I would have serious brain damage. And so I was throwing up. I couldn't speak correctly. Um, I would think one thing and try to say it, and another thing would come out. And so... Um, that was really frustrating for one one thing. And I was also stumbling around. Um, I couldn't walk very well. I would look at something on the floor and be like, okay, I need to be careful not to run into that. But I would take a step and kick right into it. I just couldn't control myself. And so um, eventually, because of not being able to speak, I, I was thinking, oh, I need to go to the hospital. I need to <laughs> get something done here. And so, because I couldn't say the words, I just started screaming, just this high-pitched scream, because I was, I was frustrated, and I was scared, and I didn't know what else to do, basically. And so, um, Dad and my sister, Lisa, who's just older than me, jumped in the car with me, and he drove me to the hospital, um, I'm guessing if we'd waited for an ambulance and all that, it, I might not have made it. So he drove as fast as he possibly could. He put his flashers on. People were actually pulling over to the side of the road to let him go by. And it was just amazing that God God helped that happen and, and to work for us. And so we got to, to the emergency room. And um, as I was riding in the car, I remember just laying with my head back on the seat and looking out the window and thinking, I don't recognize any of the scenery. Like everything looked different in a way. And um, once we did reach the ER, I blacked out and dad carried me into the, the hospital and they got me um, in a gown and in, in the bed. And um, I, of course, don't know this part of the story firsthand, but my sister Lisa has relayed it to me since she was there um, right by my side this whole time. And she told me that at one point, as the doctors were getting me all hooked up, you know, with an IV and everything, they um, were trying to get me to respond to something. And, and I just basically started going gray 
and I, I started checking out, basically. And the doctor was yelling at me. He's like, come on, you've got to respond. And um, I, I, wasn't, I wasn't doing anything. So they um, ended up putting steroids in me to shrink the tumor so that I could come back from being blacked out and, and checking out. And um, once I woke up, my, my family... Most of my family was in the room with me, and they they were praying. My brother had brought this little prayer book and was had his hand on me and was praying over me. And um, it was just it was really neat to wake up to that. And I didn't know what I'd just gone through, of course, that I'd like almost died. And um, so then they got me into surgery, and uh, they uh, put in a double shunt to help drain the fluid. And so um, I have two scars up here from that, and the shunt actually runs all the way down um, and empties down here by my stomach. And um, we did ask, I guess mom asked, since I had really long hair, and she knew I really liked having long hair, she asked if they could only shave half of my head for the surgery. <laughs> and so they, um, they left half of it, and so I was able to to do a kind of hairdo comb over type of thing when I was recovering, and that was really nice. And I also wore scarves as well. Um, kind of a funny thing, the doctor that did end up doing my surgery, his name was Dr. Hacker. <laughs> yeah, and he wasn't the original doctor that we had talked to, or any of the any of the ones that we've talked to actually. And so. Um, he, he was supposed to do the surgery, though. I mean, that's how God God wanted it to be. So anyway, um, I had a few weeks of recovery, and during that time, um, it, was, it was really hard. It took a while to be able to walk again. My balance was all thrown off. Um, once I, I would sit up or try to stand up, I'd just get this awful headache because of everything in there readjusting to, to being used to normal size again. And, um, I couldn't keep any food down. And so it was just a, a kind of long, hard process, but I was in the recording studio within a week. Um, my family was recording a CD. And so, um, yeah, even though it was slow and it was hard for me, it, um, was definitely a blessed time and um, a really, a really uh, good time of practicing patience. <laughs> yeah. So then on September 16th, it was my parents' wedding anniversary, and I was, of course, three days after surgery, I was in the bedroom uh, re recovering, laying in bed, and I couldn't participate in the activities. I think my other siblings had made a fancy dinner for mom and dad, and um, they would come in and visit me now and then and tell me what was going on, and a couple of the nieces came and visited me in there, and um, after all those things were done, the family all came in to the room where I was, and they all knelt around me, and they prayed together, and um, they, they thanked God for what was happening, and asked for strength and wisdom and 
Um, we also sang together as a family. And while that was happening, I felt God's healing come over me. And I, I said, the tumor's gone. And, um, and I, I knew it without a doubt, without a doubt. And so I, I wanted to get an MRI immediately to be like, I, you know, this, I knew this had happened and I, I want to see proof of it. And um, <laughs> so I had to wait. I think it was two months for an MRI. They wanted me to, to come in and get an MRI every two months um, up in Portland. I'm, I'm in Oregon, by the way, um, in Bonita, Oregon. And so Portland's a couple hours away, so we, we needed to make the drive up there every two months to get an MRI. Um, during that whole time of getting the, the MRIs and recovering from surgery, Dad and Mom put me on a very strict diet, um, a, a regimen schedule that I did every day, and it it was a very, very hard one to do. Like I had to do things every like half hour and be right on schedule. And um, they just wanted to really clean out my system and help me detox and get my health back on track. And um, so we did completely raw food diet with juicing. They made me juice every morning with carrots and apples and um, different green stuff. I did hot and cold showers, um, teas and tinctures and organic whole food supplements and, um, of course, lots of water and exercise. And I actually have a copy here of what my schedule looked like and how long it was. Oh, wow. <laughs> so this is what I had to do in one day, this whole list of things. And it has different times over on the side. And so I pulled this out the other day just to look at it. And... Um, kind of reflect on what it was like to to do all that and sometimes I didn't get all of it done um, until really late at night because maybe things were more drawn out and but my my family was very committed to it and they stood by my side through it all and helped me with um, helped me with staying positive and um, I remember during one of the hot and cold showers. So I don't know if you're familiar with those or not, but um, it's to get circulation moving. And so you basically turn the shower from as like hot as you can stand it to as cold as you can stand it. Um, and you do those for, I think, a minute each, and you do it a certain amount of times. And so, of course, when the cold would come on, I'd just be like, ah, it was, it was hard. And so... <laughs> My family would sometimes sit outside the bathroom door and they'd scream with me <laughs> to, to, you know, give me support. And so that was really nice. Um, I felt amazing, though. That diet really, really helped me get back on track. And I think all the carrot juice I was drinking, my skin started getting this orange glow to it. <laughs> it, was, it was pretty, it was kind of interesting, actually. Um, also during this time, there were thousands of people all over the world praying for me and word of mouth is so powerful. And, um, there were 
email prayer lists um, that were praying for me and um, relatives that I hadn't even ever heard of um, that had just heard about it from this other relative who'd heard about it from this other relative. And I started getting all these cards and flowers and gifts and letters, and it was just amazing. People were so sweet and encouraging. Um, Lots of people sent me hats to wear while my hair was still growing out and scarves. Um, so that was that was fun getting that stuff in the mail and really encouraging. People also prayed over me. And um, there was one lady in particular that prayed over me that really stands out in my mind because she had such a huge impact on me. And she... Um, ran a pizza parlor here in my little hometown of Vanita. And um, she would, if people, you know, came to her and told her about, you know, what was going on with them, if they were struggling with something or they had a health challenge, she would take them in the back room of her pizza parlor and pray with them and pray over them. And she did that with me. But um, not only that, she gave me some incredible resources. And um, one of the things that she gave me was uh, a couple pages of healing uh, scriptures, scripture verses. And um, so I have two pages of those that um, that she gave me, and I would read through them several times a day and um, basically just claim them Um, because all over in God's word, he promises healing and um, an encouragement to us. And um, so, yeah, I had that whole list of those. And she also gave me an article, an article called faith to move mountains. And um, I decided to, to dig these out today because um, there's some excellent things in here, and I thought I'd share some of them with you. Yes, please. Um, so basically, basically, this article starts out with um, some verses from Mark chapter 11 in the Bible, where Jesus is talking to his apostles about faith, um, and he says, "Have faith in God." Amen, I say to you, who, whoever says to this mountain, arise and hurl thyself into the sea, and does not waver in his heart, but believes that whatever he says will be done, it shall be done for him. And uh, that is what I really clung to through all of this and really claimed. And um, so that article started out with that scripture. And, and then it says, and I want to read you some of this, if that's all right. Is that all right, oh, Andrea? please, go ahead. A lot of people's asking, too, uh, how old were you when you found out about this? How old was I? I was 16. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yep, so in this article... It says, when most of us read this passage, we gloss over the literal meaning. 
about moving mountains because we cannot imagine how beliefs and words can move big, solid things like mountains. We also do not understand how our words and feelings can affect our physical bodies and our health, even though Proverbs 18.23 says that death and life are in the power of the tongue. Um, yeah, so if a mountain can be thought of as a vibrating heap of invisible particles, belief can be understood as a force that can move it. Hebrews 11.1 1 says a remarkable thing along these lines. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So those are a few paragraphs out of this article. And um, it also says Jesus had much to say about the power of our beliefs and expectations. In the majority of individual healings that he did, he commented specifically on the person's belief. He said that mighty signs would follow those who believed. Um, so he taught about the importance of belief in many places. And um, this isn't just positive thinking. This is claiming healing basically through God's word and his promises. And that's what I was doing in reading those scripture verses every day. And basically just saying, God, you promised these things. And um, I want to hold you to it. <laughs> and... Um, you know, not that, not that God can't work through medicine or supplements or diets or any of those things. He can definitely use those as well for healing. Um, and, uh, yeah, so, so that article radically changed my, my views, radically changed how I thought, um, how I spoke. And, um, it, it really made my faith soar to new heights that I had never even really imagined. And God just gave me this, this incredible, incredible trust in him. And um, he just filled my heart with it. And I, I had absolutely no doubt that he, that he had granted me healing. And um, so Back to the MRIs. <laughs> we'll go back to that part of the story. Um, every time I would go in for an MRI for the two months, after two months, um, it kept showing not that the tumor was gone like I knew it to be, but that it had increased in size and was actually getting larger. Um, so every time I would go in and I would be so excited and hopeful and be like, okay, this time it's going to show that it's gone because it is, it's, it's not there anymore. And every time the scans would show that it was larger. And so that of course would just really be discouraging to me. I'd be like, what is going on? Like, how, how can it be that way? And, um, um, just kind of plummet me back into um, wondering what was, you know, what God was doing here. So um, even though there were times in my mind that I, I felt like I was doubting, I realized that I never doubted in my heart. My heart was always certain of that healing. And... Um, 
Also, when I kept going to get those MRIs, um, I, I always felt great. I was feeling wonderful. And the only thing different about me that wasn't completely back to normal was that my hair was still growing out <laughs> from the surgery. So um, the tumor was supposed to be benign as well. And so it, the doctors thought it was odd that it was getting larger. And so they were kind of pressuring us to have a biopsy done. And um, mom kind of asked what that would entail. And they're like, well, you would need five days in ICU for possible brain swelling and all this stuff. And mom was like, that, that sounds dangerous. And we'd known people that had gotten, you know, had surgeries done and had um, suffered permanent damage from it. And um, she didn't want to take, we didn't want to take that risk. And um, so one of the things that really came about because of that article that I was just telling you about is that I realized that um, I, I basically said those scans, those MRI scans are not correct. They can't be right. And I, I said, I don't want to go get any more of them. And so I only had three MRIs. Um, so yeah, it's been about nine and a half years since I've had an MRI and I am still doing wonderfully. I thank and praise the Lord. Well, my family and I all do together. We thank and praise the Lord every day for my healing. And um, God is so good. And that's pretty much my story. <laughs> well, I have uh, uh, one guest uh, had asked that the article that you read, is that mm -hmm. online somewhere so that uh, he could read that? I think it is. Um, I can share it probably in in the comments once we the video ends. Okay. I think I can share it. Um, and if not, we have it in a file on our computer, and we could always send it to someone. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Yes, it's an excellent article. And I want to yeah. welcome. Thank you all so much for your comments. I haven't been able to keep track of all of them, but. Thank yeah, you. I was trying to do. I wanted to welcome uh, all of you that has joined, uh, Joe, Sadie, Laura, Leslie, and your mom. Thank you to your mom. She's given us a lot of information in between. That's that's so okay. Nice that's so nice of her Good. to do that. And uh, yes. everyone else that I can't see, uh, Cassie, uh, Tyson, my brother, and my mom. My mom's joining. Hi, Mama. And yeah. everyone else on there that's joining, um, I want to. I'm glad you joined. Share this out so that uh, someone else can be inspired. Faye, thank you for joining, Faye. And uh, is there anyone that has any questions uh, for Theresa? Yes, I'd be happy to answer any question. Um, I'll just need Andrea to let me know what they are, since I don't want to mess up our video by trying to scroll through. <laughs> yeah, I was trying scroll to scroll through comments was, here. Let's see here. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. One of the things, well, it's just kind of an interesting fact that I didn't mention, um, was the name of the tumor. <laughs> oh. they, well, the, what they had determined it to be, you know, they wanted to do a biopsy to find out exactly what it was so that they could figure out some kind of treatment. But I obviously didn't need any treatment. <laughs> um, so it was a pilocytic astrocytoma. And it took us a long time to get that down. But now I can just rattle it off. <laughs> wow. So, yeah. that, so there was a couple questions come up. So uh, okay. Leslie Hanson, she asked, uh, do you ever feel bad? Uh, did you ever feel bad during the last 10 years? Hmm. That is a good question. Um, there were a couple times when I felt like something wasn't quite right. And, um, or, or I would have a little bit of a headache. Um, probably only about three times at the most, but... Once again, I, I would go back to my healing scriptures, my, my pages of them, and read through them, and it would leave within minutes. And I just see that as, as the devil trying to make me doubt, trying to discourage me, um, just as he was, in, I believe, in those scans that the MRI kept showing that the tumor was getting bigger. Um, I, I'm pretty sure that he was, that was his work and his doing. And, um, I just have to remind myself that he has no power over me. And, um, through Jesus Christ, I have power over him. So that's right. Yeah. We have another question from James Dodge. He said, okay. so, so as far as you uh, know, you still have the tumor or uh, do you believe it's gone now? It's gone. Mm-hmm. I do still have the shunt in. So, um, yeah, I haven't checked into having that taken out. It doesn't bother me or anything, so it's just in there right now. <laughs> oh. And they'd probably have to take half my hair off again, so, to take it out. <laughs> oh. Yeah, that's true. And, yeah. um, also, Matthew uh, Lemke asked, do you battle with any physical things now? Still, like, you know, um, the tumor from having it? No, I don't. Um, besides just the regular, you know, common cold now and then. And, you know, if I hurt myself, of course, I, like, I cut myself. Of course, that's going to hurt. But um, as far as any kind of... Um, ongoing ailments, there isn't anything. No. We have, Matthew Good said question. you should write a book. Oh, yeah? yeah. He wrote a book. <laughs> I have about thought history. about it. Yeah, you should. Yeah. He wrote one hmm. called Faith Over Fear. He was on the show and uh, was talking about his. Oh, yes. Yes, Matthew. Matthew, I saw some of your interview. It was excellent. Let's see, and 
think so I see that my one of my nieces is watching. Hi, Cecilia. Hi. <laughs> and a bunch of friends. Uh, Christina, Krista, Otterman, thank you for joining. And uh, I think this is your mom. She said, we never left your side. We had, uh, for the first six years, we had spiritual warfare. Was always, mm -hmm. whatever they did, they always were praying over you. That's so yes. nice that you had that kind of support, you know. Oh, yes. Like. It was a huge blessing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if there's yes. any more questions, I had seen, uh, is there anything else you want to tell about this story? Is there anything else um, I think that's pretty much it. Yeah, I, I'm i so blessed to be able to share it and to have this testimony and grateful to God for all the people that have been a part of my life in the last 10 years. And um, thank you all for joining us. Yeah. Uh, also, thank you for telling your story. Matthew said if you ever are interested in writing your own book, he'd love to help you. So. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Matthew going to be coming out soon. So Awesome. Um, another thing uh, I had asked, uh, I wanted to mention, um, uh, Theresa, in case any uh, people here, is from Missouri. Uh, she's going to be taking a hiatus from the uh, Live at Five show on the Hanson Family uh, Live at Fives. And tell them where you're going to be, you and your family, for the next two months. In case they want to <laughs> join you. Okay. Yeah. So like Andrea said, my family performs professionally. We do music together. And um, so on Saturday, we are actually hitting the road, headed to Branson, Missouri, where we're going to be performing for an entire month, all of October, at Silver Dollar City. And it is a theme park in Branson. I guess it's kind of on the outskirts of Branson that is 1800s themed. And so all the, the rides, the, how everything's decorated, um, what people wear, it's all, all 1800s themed. And it's pretty cool. We were there in June as well. And so we'll be doing shows there all during October. If you're in the area, if anyone's in the area, we'd love to have you come. And um, if it's someone we haven't met before, it'd be great to meet you. Yeah. That's just what Matthew is asking. Uh, do you sing or play an instrument? Yes. Or both? Or both. I do both. <laughs> I, I sing and play several different instruments, but guitar is my main one. And uh, you can check out uh, the Hanson family on their page. They have the Hanson family. You can like their page, and you can follow them. And... Uh, They'll post things, you know, uh, from time to time. And then when they go back live at 5, you'll be able to see them there every week also and connect with uh, the whole family there. So before yeah. we end tonight, um, since well, I thought it would be pretty amazing because uh, when I read her story two weeks ago and she talked about it tonight, that she was had, couldn't talk and... Uh, you know, walk, especially the talking part. I thought it would be pretty amazing if you guys could hear her sing now. 
and uh, see how beautiful her voice is. So, would you mind doing that for us, Teresa? Not at all. Okay. Nope. Take it away. And um, Andrea requested a specific song, and it's one that actually uses a soundtrack. So, um, I'll have a whole orchestra backing me up, and I don't have to play guitar. <laughs> not that it's a problem playing guitar, but... Um, yeah, it's it's kind of nice to not have to think about that sometimes. So this is a song from Cinderella uh, that I learned recently. And it's just a beautiful song, and it's also a waltz. And I love to dance, too, so I always notice if a song is um, a certain kind of dance. And so this one is a waltz, and it's called A Dream is a Wish Your Heart Makes. I have my brother here helping me run the sound system. <laughs> oh, thank you. Say hi to him for us. Hi, Daniel. Right. A dream is a wish your heart makes when you're fast asleep. In dreams you will lose your heart aches whatever you wish for you keep. Have faith in your dreams Someday your rainbow will come smiling through. No matter how your heart is grieving, if you keep on believing, the dream that you wish will come hard times, and I'm sure Theresa can relate to this, um, sometimes you don't see your dreams as attainable because the situation sometimes is just, it's uh, such a struggle at that moment. But I hope that as you listen to her, that she inspired you. This has been 10 years ago, and she's following her dreams still, and God's allowed her you know, to go out and minister to others. And uh, I hope that you would start to have the courage to share your story 
because um, I held my story in all my life. And uh, I'm much older than Theresa, and I had just told it a couple months ago. And it's so amazing when you tell your story because right where you're at, you may be able to reach someone that I can't or someone that Theresa can't. But by telling your story, you give others hope that they can make it too. So I want you to, you know, be inspired uh, by her testimony and her story tonight that you can make it through whatever you're going through with God on your side. And thank you so much again, Theresa, for joining us and coming on and agreeing to tell your story. Uh, I appreciate yeah. it so much. And My pleasure. For, thank you for asking. It was an honor. Oh, you're welcome. So, uh, <laughs> I'm going to leave you tonight, and as I always say, if no one's told you today, you are so loved. So get out there and spread some hope. Until next time, bye-bye.